Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Uh, week seven kickoff tonight. I guess technically, if we want to consider tonight a actual football game, fantasy NFL wise, it does kick off tonight. Uh, obviously, hoping for a good game. Matt, how you doing today? Pretty good. I mean, it's uh, not bad weather today, but we're bracing for a uh, snowstorm that's coming on Sunday. <laughs> Oh, sounds like fun. Just another reason why I should not head up there this weekend. Yeah, I am. We've actually had pretty nice weather here. I've got just one more day before a week-long vacation, and it cannot get here quick enough. It's one of those things where I'm sure everybody gets it. You know, you're a day away from your vacation. It just feels like that work week just continues to drag on. You can't catch a break. You You just need it to be over with. Well... By this time tomorrow, I might have a few before we do the podcast because I just I am ready for a break. This is this week is killing me. We have uh, got a couple things to talk about today. Not much, so it might be kind of a quick podcast today. We're going to obviously preview the game tonight between the Eagles and Giants. Uh, you know, it is technically a joke, but it is an, an NFL game. There are some interesting options tonight. And then me and Matt are going to go over some players that are either outperforming or underperforming based on where we had them ranked earlier in the season. We talk about what we expect them to do moving forward. As this is, for the most part, the midweek of your regular fantasy football season. Hitting, going into week seven, most people's playoffs start week 13. So you can technically say that we're about the midway point. But let's go in and talk about the Thursday night game again. Eagles and Giants. I mean, it could match up to be a very good game. I honestly think it favors the Eagles just a little bit more with the Giants defense. I mean, they've been good, uh, but we've seen really Wentz in this offense have played good defense in the past couple weeks, including Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and still be able to put up points. But the Eagles defense, uh, I think, might be the game changers here with that offense, or I'm sorry, that defensive line going up against that offensive uh, offensive line for the Giants there. Yeah, the Giants have not been a, uh, a fun team to watch. Um, really, no one uh, in the NFC East uh, has been fun to watch, hence my my tag tonight, NFC Least. Um, yeah. The amazing part is both these teams still have a chance to be uh, division winners um, because the Cowboys are, are leading things at 2-4. and four. If the Eagles win tonight and the Cowboys can't get past Washington – uh, at two, four, and one, they will be the leading team in the NFC least. That, watch well, that tie is going to go a long way toward the Eagles winning that division. I feel like. What's going on, Iso? How you doing today, man? Yeah, it's. Um, oh, yeah, that, I saw that was the betting line prediction. Now is Eagles win at six, nine, and one, which wow. is wow. Uh, not incredible because, I mean. The, there's, we talked about this before. There's only ten games yeah. left after you've played, you know, your six games. So they would have to go five and five to get to six wins. The Cowboys would have to go four and six to get to six wins. They haven't been playing that well. I guess the Cowboys are yeah. actually on that six and ten pace. Yeah, I don't. 
it's hard to bet against the Cowboys as much as I love to hate on them on this podcast. They do have talent all around them. I dropped Alan Lazard when he went to IR. Do you think it's a good time to pick him back up? No. Uh, is this redraft or dynasty? I would assume redraft. I don't know if Lazard comes back yeah. this year. I, I feel like not so injury. I think that's yeah. going to be a lot longer than what. I honestly think there's a realistic shot that we don't see Lazard back at all. Now, this is a dynasty league. Yeah, I'd pick him up if you have an IR spot. Pick him up and just put him on your IR. But if it's redraft, uh, I honestly think there's a realistic shot that Lazard is not back this year. I think that's kind of what the the expectation was when he went out, was that he was likely going to miss the rest of the year. It was a couple weeks ago, week three, I think, week three or four he went out. On this report I'm reading October 2nd, it said he would be out at least a month. So you would be talking about, you know, at least through next next weekend's games. And I just don't know that he's the kind of guy that people are going to be, like, watching for and waiting to scoop up. Yeah. You know, he had an incredible game the week before he got knocked out, but he was kind of hit or miss before that. Yeah, I mean, if he's someone that you really want, I would not suggest doing it this... I would wait until probably waivers run next week, and even then you might be a week early on that. It would depend on who you have on your bench, how much room you have on your bench, who are you dropping to pick him up. I mean, all those play into factors. Now, if you want to post that, we're more than happy to help you with that. But I, without knowing your actual team and, and everything, for me, I'd probably just stand pat for right now. Because even... Even though they said it may take a month, we don't know how it'll look with him with him coming back. It is redraft full PPR, but he might not come back full strength. It is, yeah. I mean, one of the core muscle. In all honesty, we've seen that with everybody. It doesn't seem like any injury is taking the short amount of time. If that makes sense, like anybody we've seen gotten any kind of injury this year with the weird training rules and everything going on it doesn't seem like anything where they're like hey it's only gonna be a couple week injury no and then it ends up being three or four more extra weeks so and absolutely yeah so any any time so yeah i would uh i just hold off right now if i could hope he makes a nice comeback yeah i do too i mean him and him and mvs seem to kind of are gonna be hit and miss and i i mean i've been on the lazard train as well over mvs so It'll be interesting to see what happens when it comes back because outside of really and Adams, nobody else has stepped up on that offense since Lazard went out. We had the one Bobby Tanyan game, but then outside of that, there hasn't been anybody else either. So there's definitely room for someone to make uh, plays on that offense. Um, on the Eagles side tonight, so I just went based off uh, my rankings. Our um, awesome guy who who does our rankings for us is on vacation, uh, a much-deserved vacation. So we did not get a chance to do rankings uh, to go up before tonight's game. Uh, so, Matt, if you have yours, you can give yours as well. Uh, it's kind of what we did on Friday just because we yeah. didn't have the the one stuff. So for me, I have Wentz at 15, Boston Scott at 26, Corey Clement at 44, Travis Fulgham at 39, and Richard Rogers at 21. So I uh, I excluded the Thursday players when I worked gotcha. on okay. work online because that's what we're putting up on tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but when I was writing the my preview today, I said, you know, Wentz could be around QB low-end QB1 range. So you have him at 15. I mean, I could see slotting in somewhere 13, 14, 15. Yeah. I think there's a possibility. He seemed to pick a lot up rushing. Um, Boston Scott, you know, we were all real excited week one when he got the chance to start yeah. first Anders, and that was a dud. He has not done much all year. It's not a bad matchup, but I'd still put him in running back three territory. Mm-hmm. Um, Fulgham, I, I think, could end up in the low end wide receiver two. I'd probably have him as a high end wide receiver three. Deshaun Jackson, I think, is playing tonight. Um, yes. So that that's one that's – uh, a little interesting. He to me feels like a boomer bust wide receiver four, uh, and I'm not really interested in their tight ends. Rogers wasn't even the guy that got the most work when Ertz went yeah. out. It was Chrome, but who knows what they're gonna do? Yeah. Uh, so I was trying to think of what I was just about to say. Jackson. Jackson. I do think could be an interesting play tonight. Uh, I was reading a lot of stuff saying that he's looked amazing in camp this week and. It's supposed to be back and playing. And I do think, obviously, with 
Uh, Fulgham kind of showing out the way that he has. I feel like the Giants are probably going to shift coverage more toward him right now, so that might give Jackson a shot to do something. I mean, I wouldn't feel great playing Jackson tonight, but I do think he has a shot to have a big game tonight. Um, I mean, outside of them, what are you, what are you expecting at the Eagles' offense? But I have Scott that high because I think that really outside of him, they've got Corey Clement. I know they've got Josh Adams, but I do feel like they're probably going to try and run the ball tonight. The Giants' defense has actually been kind of good against the pass. Well, I mean, you have Boston Scott probably in the range. I said high end wide uh, running back three. You have him at twenty six. Twenty six, yeah. So probably. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm. I'm expecting him to get. I'm not expecting him to put up huge points. Like uh, we, I think we agree on that. I've sort of heard yeah. some people saying fire at Boston Scott. I mean, I guess I feel comfortable starting. I have him as a running back three, depending I on I guess what your team looks like. But people are just holding on to that fill-in week that he had last year. Uh, you know, when Sanders was out at near the end of the season, he had a few touchdowns. If he gets you a couple of touchdowns, he could end up in the running back one category. I wouldn't bank on that, especially yeah. the production. Even Miles Sanders, as as great as we think he is as a talent, has struggled mightily at times. I know the Giants don't exactly scare people, but uh, they played Washington last week. Gibson and McKissick didn't have incredible yeah. days. They had, like, okay days. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said I'm not I, – I, like, I could see – and again, I'm not suggesting you play him. I could see Corey Clement having a sneaky kind of game. That's why I kind of put him up there at 44. If he's a guy like me, I'm going to be honest, I'm starting him in a couple leagues just due to injuries and bye weeks and everything. So it's like, okay, well, I mean, yeah. I got to take a shot on somebody. He's like one of the only people available. Same for me so, with Austin Scott. I have a yeah. few, and I'm like, well, if not now, when? Yeah, so I've kind of plugged him in, but I'm, I'm not expecting the world out of any of them. If I had to pick, I mean, I, I, I do trust starting Wentz tonight. I do think the Giants' defense is clearly beatable. You just mentioned it a minute ago. We've seen Wentz running more here rate recently as well. Wentz, I think, has got pretty safe upside and floor tonight. Outside of him, is there anybody else that you would start with any kind of confidence? Um, I still like Fulgham. Uh, and I mean, there's some big teams on by and some big injuries, especially at running back. I, I do think you're, everyone's probably playing Boston Scott. Yeah. Clements is more of a, a hail Mary. I, I get your logic there, but that feels like a little more of a hail Mary. I'm just, there are some people that were like, well, Boston Scott will probably be RB one this week. Yeah. Could be. I I'd bank on more of, if he was between running back 22 and 28, that would make the most sense to me based on what we've seen. He's not the explosive kind of guy as Miles Sanders. And it's the same with, with Jackson. I feel like it's a Hail Mary pick, but if you're looking and your projections have you way down and your lineup choices are grim, Deshaun Jackson could easily be that guy that catches a 72-yard touchdown and and levels it for you. But he could also be the guy that catches one pass for zero yards. It's it's 2020, baby. Let's YOLO. Just just let, you only get to live life once, right? Just go for it. Yeah, I'm with you, and that's I'm happier YOLOing with the Eagles than I am with the other. Oh team. yeah, absolutely. Yes, exactly. So that's uh, that's what I'm saying. Like for me, I'm with you. If you're in a situation where you have to start those guys, I mean, trust me, we feel you. I just said it too. I'm starting now. I don't have Deshaun Jackson where he's actually owned in a lot of places, which I was kind of surprised about. But Clement was available. And again, I could see him having a sneaky good game. And the one thing I could say is Sanders in the Eagles offense, because of how bad their offensive line has been, hasn't really been doing a lot on the ground, but they have been doing a lot in the air with Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. That kind of Clement's role. So maybe he comes in and gets you that thing, but I, I don't, uh, don't see, expect that's, it. That's what I was thinking Boston Scott was going to do is catch a lot of the passes. Clement feels like a guy they might put in at the goal line. No, yeah, and they could, and that would that would suck for Scott as well because he this is like, Walker, but who knows about the Eagles? Yeah, I think exactly. It's this discussion <laughs> leads me to believe this is the JJ Arcego Whiteside four touchdown uh, game. Hey, I mean, I've had to start him in two places last week, and he got me touchdown by by recovering a fumble in the end zone. So I'll take it. Which I'll is, take it anyway. I can. I get still it. don't know how that worked because I thought you weren't allowed to fumble for forward progress. I don't. I don't understand any of the rules the NFL makes anymore because one week it's one thing. I, I shouldn't even say that. One play you see one thing happen and it's not this, and then the next play something else happens and it is. So it, yeah. it's whatever. Uh, yeah, Fulgham, I'm with you there. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's 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 weird. It's it's going to be a weird game. Of course, we say that and then watch Fulgham go out there and have like 30 points, two touchdowns. But I, I do think, as you mentioned, and I mentioned earlier, Deshaun Jackson could be that Hail Mary type. If you need a player this week and you're just kind of – Again, I don't. I don't always buy all into the the projecting projections based on the sites, but they do do a lot of work on that. Those are usually mm-hmm. fairly close to what you should expect. If you're expected to get blown out, it may not hurt just to throw Jackson in. He's back. Could have. Well, and you game. have to figure. You know, I know there's sometimes caution about starting a guy when he's been gone for injury. Jackson's been regularly practicing, putting in limited practices for several weeks. And I was actually surprised that he keeps getting ruled out. So I would say they were waiting for him because of the kind of player he is and because they want him to take the top off a of defense to be fully healthy. And we all know the Giants have a secondary that you can definitely take the top off of. Yeah. On the Giants side, I had Daniel Jones at QB 23, Devonta Freeman, RB 29, Darius Slayton, wide receiver 41, Golden Tate, wide receiver 48, and Evan Ingram, tight and 11. So what are your thoughts here on the Giants offense? I, I've just about given up on Tate and Ingram. You know, I listened to, to you guys talking about the Giants last week, and, and yeah. you know, I heard Dennis talking about Golden Tate is still a, a good receiver, and I don't disagree with that. They can't seem to get anyone the ball. Even last week, they won that game because Ron Rivera decided to go for two rather than ever have to play overtime with those two teams. He did America a favor, but they won two because they got a, a turnover for a touchdown offensively. They didn't look good. Daniel Jones to me is still a quarterback three, even in the situation here, I probably would have him 25, 26. I think the only people I would have below him is if there's a good chance we're still seeing Flacco. Yeah. My my lowest quarterback, Kyle Allen, I'd have below him, but I don't know that I'd put anybody else below him because he has been a turnover machine. He hasn't looked comfortable. He hasn't looked good there. Devonta Freeman, I think, is probably in that Boston Scott range of a an upper end RB3. He could get you a touchdown or two, which he's done in a couple of these games that puts him maybe in the running back two category, but we have not seen any kind of explosion in that. And Darius Slayton's probably the most frustrating one because there's a lot of hope in there. To me, he's he's a wide receiver three right now. Yeah. He could get you a couple of big plays and end up being a wide receiver one. Or he's he's almost sadly in that Deshaun Jackson category in some ways. He maybe has a little bit of a higher floor, but that connection that he had with Daniel Jones to end last year and at a couple points this year, is not consistent. And that's probably yeah. the biggest disappointment. Yeah, so on Tate and Ingram, and and this was brought up today, um, and I kind of agree with it. I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about they think it's more Jason Garrett. And I didn't really think about it until I went and, and looked at it. When you go back and look at what the Cowboys did as well, even when Jason – before, you know, Jason Garrett was the head coach, even when after he was head coach – their slot and tight end were never that involved in the offense down the field. Now, Jason Witten was involved, but he wasn't ever a deep threat. Now, granted, Jason Witten, Evan Ingram, two completely different players. But Garrett has traditionally always forced a lot of targets to the tight end. And early in the season, when I was watching that, it seemed like they were trying to put a lot of targets to tight ends. I think they're still trying to use Ingram. They're just, there's, there's like no connection. That's my concern. I wonder if they're using him the wrong way, though. With when Evan Ingram broke out on the scene, it wasn't always just like I saw. Um, what was it? Was it two weeks ago? Like they tried to give him the end around or whatever it was to get the rushing touchdown. Yeah, uh, he's gotten. Well, and he's gotten. That's been his most productive thing. He's gotten a couple rushing touchdowns. Yeah, but he's it's a guy weird. that you can you can use. He he would almost stretch the field. He almost plays like a wide receiver, I guess the way. But he's not a blocking tight end. He's not a guy you want sitting there on the line like blocking for you. He's a guy who you move him out, you get those mismatches. And I don't think that they're using him that way. In five games, he's gotten thirty-five, or in six games, five starts, he's gotten thirty-five targets this year. Um, so he's getting about six targets a game which isn't too bad. He's caught 20 passes, which I wouldn't have put money on that. It's, he's just not getting a lot of yards and he's gotten zero touchdowns that way. He's gotten, he's only rushed the ball twice. Mm -hmm. 
uh, at one time gotten a touchdown there. I would agree with you. He's not a big rushing, but it doesn't feel maybe you are right about Garrett in that it doesn't seem like they're using that middle of the field, which is where yeah. you think Tate would come and Ingram, maybe like a Gronkowski over the middle. They're not hitting that, but I think that's also killing Slayton. They also have no yeah. threat of the running game. So nobody has to stack a box to defend Saquon Barkley. Cause I feel like the passing game was not incredible at the beginning, but it was a little better the first couple of weeks than it has been since they've gone to the Freeman, Gallman, Lewis, well of sadness. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I agree with that. I've been saying for weeks that I think them losing Barkley has hurt this whole team tremendously. I think, uh, you know, getting there's a talk. I don't know. Did you see anything else? I know there was talk this morning that Shepard might be available to play tonight. I haven't looked anything else. I did see some people activating him off their IRs in fantasy league. So I don't know. Um, what I heard this morning was they were saying that he has a chance to play tonight, but he'll be on a, a snap count of ish. Like they were saying he might get 15 to 25 plays. I, yeah. I, and I'm not playing him, but I do think if Shepard's out there, that could help a little bit because that does draw some attention from somebody. Shepard is still a talented wide receiver, so that could help Darius Slayton a little bit and maybe getting a one-on-one -on -one matchup at some point. I just... I think depending on when when or where you drafted Slayton, you might have to rely on him tonight. I know I do. Saying Shepard might be a game-time decision. Time decision. Okay. I oh, hope Shepard did not. Oh, did not practice. Look for week seven updates. So I'm just trying to search it. I don't see well, anything they, that has definitively said he's. Yeah. Available. Well, they what they were saying this morning on on Sirius XM was saying that he he would be a game time decision, and they needed to see how he was after he went out on the field and did stuff. So that's that might not be something we find out till 30 minutes before game time, maybe 45 minutes, because I'd imagine they're not out there right now running through anything or doing anything. I could be wrong, but. Yeah. If if Shepard goes out there and plays, I do think that could help Slayton a little bit because, again, they did say that he would be on a snap count of it of certain amount between fifteen and twenty five plays. That still gives the defense somebody else to worry about, so it might help out Slayton there. Ingram might just muddy the receiving waters. Is my concern, you know? Then it could. The, Giant, the Giants did activate Sterling Shepard from IR, so okay. they hope after testing it before the game is that he will play a limited number of snaps. All but right. they also elevated a wide receiver from the practice squad, which tells me they're not confident that that he will he's be even, that he's even going to play. So, yeah. I mean, for me, if I had to start anybody, I would start Slayton just because even like last week, it, all it took was that one touchdown. He did a little bit after that, but still he comes through, gets you 10 points. I mean, at this point, Without yeah. having Barkley and the way this offense looks, you you kind of have to expect Freeman or Slayton to be a wide receiver three. Ten points is a great day for a wide receiver three. So if, if he yeah. can do something like that again, you should be happy with him. He's the only player I'm starting with. Confidence seems like the wrong word to put, but he's the only player I'm starting in, in hopes that I think I will actually get something out of him. Ingram, you know, I still I, think he's immensely talented, but I just I don't I don't know what to expect from him. Well, and it's amazing because prior to the start of the season, our big worry about Ingram was because he stayed on the field and he stayed on the field. He hasn't really been on the injury report. You haven't had concerns. He's going to miss. He's also still getting targets. I mean, six targets a game pretty much on average, isn't anything to sneeze at. It's just, you're, you're right in that he doesn't look like he fits what they're trying to do, but honestly, I'm not sure we know what they're trying to do. Yeah. I said, it's, I've never Except been a for fan of the Cowboys in first. That's what yeah. I've 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 never been a fan of Jason Garrett's offense unless you own the running back in that offense. I do think he does always does a great job of of running the ball and everything. And obviously Freeman and them are not a Barkley or Zeke what he had in in Dallas. I just think that he doesn't necessarily always use his weapons the right way. So I could be wrong on that, but I do think Ingram. Like you just mentioned, he's clearly getting targeted, so they want him to get the ball. It's just not working out. And I, I think part of that is they just seem to target him short in the field where when he burst on the scene, he was a guy they were using. Like I don't remember who. I know Sterling Shepard was on the team, so he would have been hurt. I'm trying to remember who else was on that team. Would have been Victor Cruz, Odell, 
there was a whole bunch of injuries one year, and they pretty much used Ingram as a wide receiver. He was yeah. going deep and everything, and they just don't seem to do that anymore. Now, maybe that's because they have a guy like Slayton now on the outside, but you know, like you just mentioned earlier, you can almost say the same thing for Tate, and they both kind of work in the same area of the field, and neither one of them is doing anything compared to what they did last year. Like Tate, even yeah. after the four-game suspension last year, came back and was a good wide receiver the rest of the year. He had a lot of fantasy value, and it's and gone. That's, that's probably the most troubling thing is the regression of yeah. Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones actually picked up and looked pretty good when Saquon missed those games with the, the injured ankle early yeah. in the season. He looked like he was figuring some things out, and they weren't a great team, but for fantasy purposes, he was – pretty good and their offense was pretty good he looks lost i don't know if it's a struggle to change system with no offseason or you know he kind of looks like what the this year what the fear was in making that pick last year last year it looked like oh maybe dave gettleman was was not wrong and now it's like oh yeah this is what we thought yeah well i'll I'll say this because i I was I don't want to say I was high on Daniel Jones. I was expecting him to be better than what he was last year. And when I was looking at it today to realize he only, he's only thrown three passing touchdowns this year is yeah. very surprising. I mean, Dwayne Haskins has more and Dwayne Haskins hasn't played in like three weeks. So that's, uh, it's, 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 it's clearly not been a good year. And I do think some of that too is again, we mentioned it Barkley being out that offensive line, not being good. I mean, they benched Andrew Thomas last week, who was their first round pick this year was supposed to be the, you know, their solution at left guard. So that doesn't help either when you've lost your best running back and now your offensive line isn't playing. You've got a quarterback that is turnover prone. All that mixing together is not a recipe for success. All right. Go ahead. Do you guys something? I'm picking the Eagles tonight. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was about to ask. Okay. Yeah. I am as well. All right. So for this next part, before we get out of here, I'm just going to go through a bunch of players and I'll mention whether I think they're overperforming or underperforming clearly based on what we had ranked early in the year. There wasn't a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, there's a couple guys like Dak, but you can't count Dak. We had him all ranked high. He got injured. He was going to be very high if he continued playing. So I guess the biggest one, I didn't want to put him on here, um, but I already kind of feel like I know the answer to this one, so I didn't really see a point talking about it, but we'll talk about it. Actually, there's two because we can use Daniel Jones as well because I think all of us had him ranked as like a middle-tier QB2, yeah. Uh, and he's not that right now. He's a, he's a QB three. So are you expecting that to continue or do yes. you think he bounces back? Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody actually asked, um, put up a poll. I'll be interested to see your response. Uh, they're in a super flex league and they were looking at their fourth quarterback option. They said rest yeah. of the season Mayfield or Daniel Johnson. I said, Daniel Jones is a waste of a pickup. I mean, I I agree with you only in the fact that I think Baker has an easier schedule moving forward. But Baker was the other quarterback that I was talking about. I mean, I know I was higher on him, I think, than both of you. I had him at 12. Uh, He is currently sitting, I believe, at QB 26, if I'm remembering the the list correctly when I was looking at it. I do expect him to move up some from there. I don't expect him to make it anywhere close to 12. Uh, Your thoughts on Baker? Yeah, I had him in the QB2 range also. Um, I had him in the upper-end QB2. I think he'll finish in a lower-end QB2, which really, I guess, you know, we had hopes because we looked at the receivers. But if you looked at Stefanski quarterback finishes and some other, was always kind of between that 18 and 22. It's not bad. Your team is a winning team, but it's the style of play they're doing and focusing on the run. So that's probably more likely where he lands. Yeah, like I, I've said, and I made a couple bets, and I'm gonna end up having to, to eat my eat my crow for this one. But uh, I went based on that on the year that the one year that Kirk Cousins that he had the good year. He finished his QB eight for fantasy that year with with uh, with Stefanski, and I thought Baker coming in. My opinion, and I still believe that Baker is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. He has a better team around him than Kirk Cousins did, and so I said, look, if Kirk Cousins could do an, a a top eight fantasy year. With that offense, I do think Baker can do right around that, which is why I had him at 12. And I did expect, again, with the Browns' offense to look better. This team looked better. They had an easier schedule. But clearly, it's not working out that way. I mean, I would – I agree with you. I mean, I would say at best you're probably looking at QB 16. Like, I just – I don't – he's so far behind those top 12. He's, I believe when I looked at it, QB 12 is sitting at 
It was like 126 points, I think, which is Brady, and he's sitting at 61. I mean, he's 60 points behind those top 12 right now. I don't, that being I don't said, think about like, him back. If you're going between those two, I think the only way Daniel Jones hits QB 24 or higher is if we have a bunch of injuries. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That's what I said. I would take Baker, too, but I don't think he's much better. Like, I'm not saying it's easily Baker. You know, it's it's Baker, but it's not, not much better. All right, so on to the running backs. Now, this one, I would say, it's probably fair for every fantasy analyst. I don't think anybody even had this dude ranked, uh, but James Robinson. Obviously, he's had the phenomenal season being the starting running back for the Jaguars, I believe. Were you? I know I was Rykel Armstead. Dennis was on uh, Ozigbo. Who were, were you? I, yeah, Armstead? I Armstead too. Who can't so, even get off COVID? IR. Yeah, I mean, He's and got that's the worst case of COVID that anyone. I actually, yeah. I when I looked and realized he was still on the COVID IR. Do we need to have like? Is that he okay? Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if it's one of those things because I, I actually know somebody who. Kind of, again, I don't know, so I can't say for sure this is what Rykel Armstead is going through, but I do have a, a person that I've talked to about it who it was just one of those things where like he got sick and it wasn't something where it was like deathly ill, but it was something where it caused him just like the way it affected his body. Like he ended up losing 30, almost 40 pounds just because he couldn't do anything and it's yeah. taken him a long time to get back. Well, that's for right. a football like, player, that's a big deal. They haven't done a lot of updates, but I was, looking, yeah, you know, is he. Okay, because nobody. I mean, I would hope so, but yeah, they and, haven't said anything. I mean, they put him on preseason. We're now seven seven weeks yeah. in. That's a couple months. I'm. I didn't mean it. Probably sounded laughing when I first said, it, but I actually no, cu- no, genuinely no. curious when I saw. I forgot I had him on a couple of teams, and I saw he still had that designation. I was like, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we we were obviously high on him, and I do think you know, had he been playing clearly with what James Robinson has been doing, I think Armstead would have been good. But Robinson has balled out; he's he's been the guy. If Armstead comes back, whether Ozigbo comes back, we don't know at this point. I don't think either one of them is really taking much away from Robinson, even if they do come back. Cute. Running back six is a little high for me, though. I, I, well, I he's think- come back to earth the last couple of weeks yeah. too, in terms of scores. I would say he settles in a running back two territory. Yes. So how? Where at the two? So for me, I was going to say I think probably if I had to take a guess right now, if I had to re rank, I guess would be the way to put it. I probably put him in the eighteen to twenty range. Like I don't think he falls like toward the. That is, I guess, the bottom part of RB two. But I don't think he hits that like. 23, yeah. 24, maybe RB3 range. Like, I think he's a solid RB2, but not one that, that's going to be close to RB1 territory. I mean, I could see him finishing in the 14 to 16 range, but some yeah. of it's going to depend, though, when those guys come back. Do Does he end up starting to see it work? And also, you know, Jacksonville feels like it's fallen off quite a bit. Now there's talk yeah. they may bench Minshew, which I think answers the question we wondered about whether <laughs> yeah. they would draft a quarterback. They would. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's behind Minshew, and I don't know. Glennon? No, they released Glennon, yeah. didn't they? No, but it's I think a, they did re-sign Glennon to the practice. I'll look really quick. I want to say it's a rookie or like a second-year player. It was a quarterback that we were all kind of like, really? But I'll look really quick. I think they released Glennon preseason, so his salary wasn't guaranteed, and then uh, which happens sometimes with vets. They did. It was Jake Jake Lutton or Luton, however you say it. That's the other one. So yeah, but they do have Glenn and they did bring him back. I it just it seems like now people are keying on the running back the pat and trying to dare them to beat him with the passing game, which hasn't happened. Just taking Robinson back if he loses any more snap share, you know, I would say there's a wide range of outcomes to me, anywhere from like RB fourteen to RB twenty six, depending on where it falls. My my gut tells me middle of the pack RB2. Um, yeah. Definitely not in the the RB1 range. But what's interesting is people still, and you know, I have Robinson on a couple of teams. I'm not moving him for less than a first either. Oh, yeah. There's no point to. He's got the value also, right now. I'm also not paying a first to get him. Right. So I think he's in that almost weird, almost untradeable situation. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where, especially with the injuries we've seen at running back this year, it's one of those things where 
I think it's not just because of his performance, but it's also due to injuries, COVID, everything. It's one of those things where you, you're going to have to overpay for certain players, and he's one of them because he's been so good. And as I mentioned, he's currently sitting as RB6. So while, yes, you don't want to give up a first round, I believe Dennis gave up the first to get him in one league because he needed RB help. Like It's one of those things where if you want him, you're going to have to pay up and get him just because of the weirdness of the year that we're in. Yeah. Uh, next running back who I believe we all had ranked as a, a RB middle tier, maybe low end RB2, uh, is almost sitting in RB1, just four points out. Todd Gurley sitting at RB13. Obviously, we kind of we've talked about him a couple times here. He's not really doing a lot on the ground, but he's scoring touchdowns every yeah. single week. What do you expect from him uh for the rest of the season? I think he's gonna stay right in that range between 13 and 16. Yeah, I am with you. I don't see him outside of injury. I do not see him falling off at all. They don't have anybody, you know, Edo Smith. I, I don't even remember who else they have. None of those guys are showing anything else to, to take anything away from him. So I am with you. Uh, I kind of wish Dennis was here for this one because just maybe would have was three years too early on this. But uh, Ronald Jones sitting at RB 14, finally looking like the running back. I thought he was going to be at a USC uh, I think that he stays right here. I honestly think that it, I will be honest because of the injuries we've seen at running back. I could honestly see a way of him sneaking his way into the top 12 this year, uh, but I don't think he falls much out of this 14, maybe 15 range uh, for me moving forward because of the way that they keep using him and the fact that it seems like Leonard Fournette may not ever get on the field. But see that that to me is the question. When Fournette comes back, which is either going to be this week or next week, I mean, he, he's been active at times as their emergency guy. I think they, they, Jones looked better even when yeah. they were splitting with Fournette or force-feeding Fournette carries. He certainly looked really good after. If they continue to give him this usage, I say he is in the top 12. He ends up finishing as an RB1. If they go back to the idea that Leonard Fournette needs 10 to 15 touches a game, no matter what, and we are talking about the coaching staff that seems to be force-feeding touches to freaking LaShawn McCoy, yeah, it's very possible he slides back down into the 16 to 20 range. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'll be curious to see what happens with him. I, I almost wonder, and I don't want to say anything bad about Bruce Arians because I do think he's a good coach, but I guess this isn't a bad thing to say. I... I almost wonder if they brought in Fournette because they just didn't know what to expect out of Ronald Jones. And then Ronald Jones has clearly looked better than any of us expected. And and maybe that's another reason why they've kind of been like, you know what, Fournette, don't worry about coming back. We've we've got I guess we haven't seen Vaughn at all really either. I mean, they've they've used McCoy, but they it almost seems like they especially the past couple of weeks, they've really Vaughn, kind of just let Rojo do his thing. Vaughn came in in mop up duty kind of last yeah. week. So the the real Thing I would worry about if you and you know as the highest drafter Ronald Jones and Scott Fishbowl, <laughs> yeah, I, I bought in apparently. Um, I blame you, but he's good. My, my you're you're welcome. You're welcome so far this year. Is Jones keeps getting carries and is looking good, and they put in Fournette at the goal line. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that is possible. That caps your upper. And and that can be the difference between being running back 10 to 12 and finishing as running back 14 to 20. Yeah. Next up, Jonathan Taylor, RB15. I'm sure if you guys have been listening all year, you already know where I'm going with this. I do think that he gets up into that top 12 territory. I had him as a top 12 running back coming into the year. Uh, they seem finally the past couple of games to actually be using him more than the other 30 running backs they have on their roster. Uh, I think Wilkins got banged up, and so they finally started using Taylor more. I think the first play last week against Cincinnati was a dump-off pass to Jonathan Taylor that he took and ran some Cincinnati Bengals defenders over. I think Taylor is finally now coming out of the bye week. Why do I want to call him Adam Gase? Oh, my goodness. What is his name? Frank Wright. We'll call him Frank Gase. Yeah, there we go. Frank Gase is going to wise up and start using his best running back here in Jonathan Taylor. So I expect him to move up a little bit more. Uh, what are your thoughts on Taylor? I think he's going to finish as a high-end running back, too, between 13 and 16. Uh, okay. They don't have a good passing game, which I think is going to yeah. hurt. I think their team may fall off a little bit and end up trailing more. Um, I I know they're 4-2. They are, to me, not an impressive four and two. 
I mean, I wouldn't hate that because unfortunately the Colts are one of the teams vying for that last playoff spot that the Browns, I think are going to have to try and get. So if they fall off, that's just better news for my Browns. Uh, this is the interesting one here. Now, some of this we have to uh, say was, well, no, I don't think he got, he got hurt in one game, right? Melvin Gordon. He missed last week. That's it. So he played five. Okay. So he's, he has missed the one week. They did have their un. They had their official but weird buy that they weren't supposed to have this early as well. So he's oh, yeah, missed two right. games technically. Four games, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's sitting at RB26 right now. Now, I know none of us were super high on him. I think we all had him right around the 23 to 24 range with Lindsey there as well. But it does seem – I can't even say it seems like they're giving him the ball because Lindsey has been beat up too. But where do you expect Gordon to go from here, sitting at RB26? I think he's going to finish somewhere between 25 and 35. He's super touchdown dependent, um, which Lindsey will be too. He got 23 carries, ran for 101 yards, looked good, but didn't get a touchdown. So you only get 10 or 12 points. That was, you know, Gordon hadn't been putting up good yards. Actually, Lindsey looked demonstrably better running against the Patriots last week than Gordon has at any point for the season. He now has legal trouble. He's also got illness, and now he's got competition because he got to play three of those games with with no competition yeah. for touches. So, you know, and Denver's offense, unless they can figure out a way to get a little more higher volume, just, you know, I think with the running back split, I would say the same thing. Lindsey's probably going to end up between 30 and 40 uh, from missing time. I just don't. Unless they decide to commit to one guy, I, you're not going to make it up past RB3 territory. All right, now on to the wide receivers. Calvin Ridley sitting at wide receiver one. I know none of us, at least I don't believe any of us, had him ranked as a top 12 wide receiver. Um, obviously, I, I mean, I think I had a middle tier wide receiver too as well. Like I was yeah. not expecting him to yeah. have a huge year. Um I don't see any way he doesn't at least stay in the top 12. I don't know if he finishes his wide receiver one, but I don't see how he doesn't stay in the top 12 uh, unless he gets injured. I mean, he's been, he's had one bad game and outside of that, he's been pretty good. Even in his other, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I know he didn't have a great game, but he still got you 12 points. Like that's still in a good game for a wide receiver in fantasy. So I don't see any way he drops out of the top 12. What about you? I think he'll finish top five barring injury. Yeah, that's unfortunate, especially when he was going, I think, eight round eight or nine in the drafts last year. And you could have gotten it's the unfortunate best. Unfortunate because you don't have it. Well, but- yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I skipped him so many times. Like, nah, he's not going to be that good. And here I am, neat and crow on that, too. Uh, Adam Thielen, why does that? Let me just do both of them because they're both up here so uh, uh, high. Adam Thielen at wide receiver two and Justin Jefferson at wide receiver six. Um, I don't think both stay in the top 12, but we have seen Kirk Cousins produce two top 12 wide receivers in Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen before. I think Thielen has the better shot of staying here. Minnesota, I think, obviously, we will see. I saw a bunch of reports today actually saying that they may try and trade Thielen, that they're going full in all tank mode after trading Yannick and Gakwe today. So if, if both stay on the team, I think... Thielen for sure finishes top 12. I don't see Jefferson falling much out of that, though. Maybe 14, 15. I think both are going to be very good the rest of the year going forward. I actually think if they trade Thielen, it hurts Jefferson. Okay. Um, Because he gets the tougher matchups? Yeah, and well, and also would be the only receiver. I think it's actually... I got Ola B.C. Johnson, baby. What are you talking about? The only receiver. Um, I think Adam Thielen probably finishes in the the six to twelve range. I don't think I don't think he'll stay in the top five. And Jefferson, I'm with you. I think he's in upper end wide receiver two range. If they trade Thielen, I could see him going to the lower tier wide receiver two range because Cousins is struggling mightily. If they're going full tank job, they may actually. Why wouldn't you look at Nate Stanley? In which case. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Oh, yes. You know, what does that offense look like? Dalvin Cook's like, guys, guys, let Alexander run. Let's see. Uh, Amari Cooper currently sitting at wide receiver seven. I don't think any of us had him in our top 12. Um, Again, a lot of this coming on a couple really big games. He did have, I think, two bad ones so far. But, I mean, we're only six games in, so two bad ones, four good ones. That's a lot better than what we've seen out of Cooper in the past couple years. Where do you expect Cooper to go moving forward? 
I was going to look up. I, I think he only had um, one, uh, you know, off game. I think he's been upper teens and 20 point range, at least the rest of the games. The question for me is, so we didn't think there was going to be a huge fall off with Andy Dalton Monday yeah. night uh, scared me, but Cooper was the one that made out the best Monday night. Still yeah. had around 21 points. Uh, that being, I, I think between right receiver 10 and 12, I think he stays in there uh, in that range. Um, Cause it seems like Gallup's kind of the odd man out. And it seems like yeah. even if Andy's struggling, they're pounding, you know, targets into Cooper um, and lamb. Uh, so you would be correct. I'm looking at the chart right here. doesn't give the exact number, but weeks one, two and three, he was right between 12 and 15 points. Week four, he had the massive 28-point game. Then week five, he had what looks like less than three points. And then last week, back up to 15 again. So he's been right around that 15-point mark. So he's he's been much more consistent. And again, we talked about this a little bit earlier, too, when uh, Dallas was, it might have been the Browns week or right after the Browns week, that it's, in my opinion, because of them moving him back into the slot where he is not getting the tough matchups anymore. Those are actually going to Gallup, which I think is why Gallup has been as bad as he has been, where we thought they might put CeeDee Lamb into the slot. Cooper would still get the tough matchups. Because I know I think I know I was high on CeeDee Lamb and Gallup more than Cooper this year. I don't remember how how you and Dennis had him ranked, but that was that was my thinking coming into the year, and clearly they've done the opposite of what I was thinking. Yeah, I had Cooper Gallup Lamb in order. Um, so it's, but I think we thought all three were going to be pretty relevant. And unfortunately, it's really only been able to support two. Yeah. Uh, next up, this is probably the most surprising one to me. Robbie Anderson sitting at wide receiver nine. He's looked good every single week. I mean, there's been two weeks that he gave you right around 10 points and not great games. But again, I think back in the past, 10 points out of Robbie Anderson, we would consider to be a great game. So he's been very consistent, looked good in this offense. What do you expect from Robbie in the second half? I think he's going to finish in the wide receiver two territory, come back a little bit. But he's been he's been solid. He looks like their best receiver. Um, and we thought there was a chance. You know, I think a lot of us had DJ Moore kind of that low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver yeah. two. We thought the offense could produce it. It's just Anderson, not Moore. Yeah, and I mean, Moore is coming on a little bit more these past couple games. We've, we've seen him get more and more involved. I still think he's – I'm trying to remember. I didn't put him on the list because he wasn't that far off. He was still sitting as like a middle-tier wide receiver too. So he, he's coming back a little bit. But, yeah, I think we all expected what Robbie Anderson is doing this year to be more, like you were just saying. So it's 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 interesting seeing I'm with you. I, he falls off some. I don't see him finishing as a top 12 wide receiver. Um, but he he's definitely looked good, and I think it continues. Mike Evans, a little bit disappointed now. I think I had him right around this range because I never put him in my top 12 because I just don't yeah. I, I don't think he's a, an overly great wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver 15. Now, some of this goes to we've talked about before. He He's just not getting a lot of yards this year. He's almost being used primarily as a touchdown guy, red zone threat. What are you expecting from Evans in the second half? Yeah, I think he's going to stay right in, in about the same territory. That's right about where I had him, too. Yeah, it's all going to be touchdown-based. And the weird part about it is, too, he really hasn't produced that much, even with Godwin not being on the field, where I thought that would be the biggest detract. That was my biggest detraction from him was, you know what, I don't see Brady throwing it 40, 50 times a game like Winston did, and I think they're going to go to Godwin more often than not. Now, Godwin hasn't been on the field, so it's been one of those things where it's still kind of surprising that Evans has been – you, I don't want to say lackluster. He's wide receiver 15. That's still pretty damn good for fantasy, but it's mostly come because of touchdowns. This one is very surprising to me because I, if you look at the games he's had, you would not expect him, in my opinion, to be this high. I thought he'd be like a wide receiver three. It's Odell is because of that Dallas game. It is. I will, yeah. But, I mean, if you go look outside of last week, I'll, I'll pull it up. Last week, I know he had, like, five points. But even in the other games, he's been right around that 10-point mark, which is the same thing he was doing last year. Like, he wasn't giving you those – I'm talking about Odell, by the way. I didn't say the name. Uh, he didn't give you those – like, there were times with the Giants, obviously, where he was averaging, like, 18, 20 points a game for, like, five, six weeks in a row. He's not giving you that anymore. He's averaging, like, 10, 12, which is, again – Still not bad if you would readjust your expectations of what you expect him to be. 
Right now, he is sitting at wide receiver 16. Uh, where are you expecting him to go uh, moving forward? So he is, yeah, it's it's been very weird here. 4, 16, 10, 30, oh, 40, and then 8, and then yeah. 3. So he's had the two, like, five, five or lower games and right around the 10 mark for the rest of them, pretty much. 8 to 12 points in the other three outside of the big game. I think that's probably about right. I probably have him in wide receiver fifteen to twenty range. Yeah, I'm with you. I, as as much as uh, as much as I'd love to see him go higher, and again, that's I don't think that's bags. That's probably where you drafted him in start or not starters or redrafts or however you want to look at it. So he's producing at what you drafted him at. I don't think he drops out of the wide receiver two range, but I don't see him jumping up much higher than where he's at right now. Uh, next up, Keelan Cole sitting at wide receiver 21. Uh, some of that obviously probably a little bit dependent on with Chark being out. He's really stepped up, but he's also had a couple good games with Chark being there. So what are you seeing out of Cole? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's going to end up in the in wide receiver three territory. It's He's had a lot of good touchdown luck. I think he's got three or four touchdowns yes. in the six games. I don't know how much that stays. You also have to wonder, you know, if it felt like for a while Chenault was coming up, Chark, you know, what's happening with him. You know, if they lose, if Chark misses significant time, you know, maybe I can see him hanging to the low end. But I, I think right now touchdowns have kind of buoyed him up. And you get these guys uh, every season where they they start out hot and then kind of, fade back into a more realistic wide receiver three, which is still better. I think he's having the season that, you know, Dennis you wanted Chark thought, to have. thought that Keelan Cole or that um, Chris oh, Conley was going to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Chark's it's the injury kind of thing, I think. Yeah. Well, it's the injury, and I and think Jacksonville's the, not very good. Exactly, because I was say they they don't even target him as much as they did last year. Like that was my—I know I had him top fifteen. I'm pretty sure fifteen or sixteen it was right yeah, around that I range think, for me. I had him like a high end. Yeah, you you had him the lowest out of the three of us. I think me and Dennis had him in the high to middle wide receiver two range, and you had him way below that. But my. Th- I expected them to continue to target him like they did last year because he was the best wide receiver on the team, and they haven't done that. They haven't targeted him, and the injuries, again, it doesn't help, but he's just he doesn't – it almost seems like him and Minshew don't have the same chemistry they had last year, kind of like you were mentioning with Slayton and uh, Jones. Minshew started out not too bad at the beginning of the season, but I wasn't sold on him being consistent or being the guy. And I think as we've seen this season kind of – go through it feels like he's faded down a little bit more you know and if they're talking about benching him or for glennon or luton that kind of tells you that the coaches aren't exactly thrilled with what they're seeing either and it tells me that my my season is completely fucked because i'm relying on a lot of slayton and chark in a couple of my big money leagues so i know i'm really going to be screwed what else is new yeah uh, so these next couple are guys who are underperforming. Now, some of this is due to injury, really one guy due to injury, but I'm just kind of curious as to where you think it'll go. Uh, but we'll start with the first one, Keenan Allen. He's sitting at wide receiver 26. Um, obviously now with Herbert in there, I expect him to take a huge leap forward. He's looked completely different with Herbert at quarterback compared to Tyrod that first game. Um, obviously he got the injury, but everything I've read said he's going to be good to go this week. That's the only thing I think holds him back from finishing as a high end wide receiver too. I don't think he makes up in that wide receiver one range, but I do think he can get to that 14, 15 range. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that's dead on, um, you know, provided this, the back spasm thing really is minor and doesn't, you know, that's the kind of thing that can come back to, you know, can recur, but as long as they're saying it's, it's minor. So if that's the case, you know, we're locked in with Herbert. Uh, They have a good connection. I'm actually surprised. I think he's that low because he got knocked out early against the saints and then they had a bye week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, he, he, that, I don't think he put up more than like five points in that first game with Tyrod. So it's been, that first game, he four won. games worth of points going against everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, just a, a message just came across that Sterling Shepard, they're saying is up for go. What did it say? Up for week seven. I don't know if that means he's going or not. It just said that yeah, he's up for week seven. I don't, I don't, maybe that just means that they did get him up on the roster. Yeah, that may be what it meant. 
Uh, next up, Julio Jones. He's sitting at wide receiver 29. Now, this obviously he did miss two games due to injury. I don't know if I expect him to have quite as game many games like he did last week. Uh, clearly, we know Julio is one of the best wide receivers in the league. I don't see how there's any way he doesn't make it into the top 12, but I don't think he's a top five finisher like he usually yeah. is. Most of that probably being due to the two weeks of injuries. I think anywhere between 10 and 15 would make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be the interesting one because this is one I don't think is going to bounce back. Juju, wide receiver 38. So last year we talked about this because me and you, big Juju fans, we had him on a lot of teams last year in hopes that he would continue to, to progress. Obviously, the Big Ben injury, we I think everybody can admit hurt him a little bit there. Thought he would bounce back with Big Ben coming back this year. But he really hasn't. I mean, he had a couple touchdowns. That's really kind of saved his fantasy day in those first couple weeks. Outside of that, he was getting out-targeted by Deontay Johnson when he was on the field. Now Chase Claypool. You know, I've talked about it before. I think it's going to be the Johnson-Claypool show moving forward. What What do you see out of Juju? Because he was a top third-round pick at worst, I think. I don't think he made it out of the third round. So what do you think of Juju moving forward? <sighs> I, I mean, I think probably a wide receiver three is what you're going to hope for. Yeah. He's not even in there right now. Yeah. It's, it's going to be one of the weird, I guess, I don't want to say weird things. It's going to be interesting to watch, see what happens with him. And then honestly, what's going to happen to him in the off season? Cause I, at this point, you gotta be just, pretty set that he's going to bring him back. Because I would think so. They have Johnson and Claypool's going good and Washington's not bad and still on a rookie deal. I think yeah. they, they roll with that and you know what is the market some people are going to be wanting to take him if he ends up in a good situation you know you know where i'd like to see juju go won't happen but i'd love to see him go to green bay opposite of Devonte adams with aaron Rodgers. that'd be and a I great fit i think that would be the the dream except for that i still don't know with the current coaching staff whether they're going to have a high volume passing offense. So yeah. It's not a bad landing spot. It'd be great for Green Bay. But you know, if they're still throwing if their goal is to still throw between twenty and twenty five times a game, you're not getting the target rich environment. Yeah. Pittsburgh seems to be more in that thirty to forty passes a game range. So you have more opportunity. Uh, tight ends, just a couple of them here. So Robert Tanyan, tight end five, obviously all that all coming pretty much in the one game. Uh, didn't do much last week though. I Green Bay did kind of get blown out. So I don't know how much you can take away from that. Uh, but where are you, where are you seeing Tanyan kind of going for the rest of the season? Tight end is such a shit show. Yeah. Um, between injuries and inconsistency, if he can stay on the field and they, it seemed like, you know, they've steadily increased the usage of tight ends. Last week, you have to write off every their entire offense look like in shambles. I I feel like he has the potential to be in that ten to fifteen low end tight end one range, but I'm not incredibly confident. I don't think yeah. he's top. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't. They just don't have anybody else. I mean, we just obviously talked about it with ISO earlier. We don't know when Alan Lazard is coming back. Outside of the one big game for MVS, we haven't really seen much out of him either. I think it's going to be Adams and, and Tanyan, and with tight end being such a shit show, all it takes, if he scores you a touchdown, you know, every two weeks at this point, he's going to finish as a top 12 tight end. So I'm I'm with you. I think somewhere in that range, not, not top five, but I could easily see him staying in the top 12. What about Jimmy Graham? He's sitting at tight end seven right now. Had a good year. They seem to be targeting him. Say top 12. Yeah, I mean, Chicago is going to tight end. They were with Trubisky. They are with Foles. And he's the same thing. He's that touchdown threat. He seems to be getting touchdowns and looks at the goal line. Um, You know, unless Komet starts to explode, which I don't really see. I think he stays. I mean, not upper end, but I think he's same – same thing. I like him better than Tanya. I'd say six to twelve range. All right. What about Jared Cook? He's currently sitting at tight end twenty-two. Now he did miss the one game with injury and the one game with bye. He is averaging 
just under nine points a game right now. Uh, he is sitting, so I wanted to look at this really quick. He is about 13 points. No, I'm sorry. Um, dang it, where did he go? I just lost him on my sheet. Wow, okay. He is, oh yeah, 13 points away from a top 12 finish right now. or being right up there with top 12, which is Hawkinson. Uh, 12 yeah. points, technically, from Hawkinson. So what are you expecting from Cook? I mean, he was getting a lot of work. But could that have been because Thomas was out? Although it does look like Thomas isn't going to play this week either. What are your thoughts on Cook? What do you mean Thomas isn't going to play this oh, week? Oh, you didn't see the news? Did he regret? Uh, uh, he has a hamstring injury now on top of the ankle injury. Yeah, and they said that he didn't practice at all yesterday and didn't practice at all today either. I feel you because I just traded DJ Chark in a first game in a 16-team league, and now looks like I'm going to have nobody. I'm going to start Braxton Berrios again because uh, Michael Thomas is going to be out. Why can't we have nice things? It's 2020, that's why. That might... That Thomas forces me into a really unfortunate... Do I risk it and have a worse option, or do I have to play Slayton tonight? You know what? Interesting thing. Someone tweeted at me earlier today and said, do I risk waiting for Thomas, or do I play Fulgham tonight? And I told him you have to play Fulgham. You can't... With the way this year has been, you got to take whatever points you can. Now you can't wait. And for me, again, well, yeah, see, that's the bad thing because obviously games tonight. Because I got to tell them the fact that they said he like he did nothing in practice yesterday or today. Again, nothing in practice. I mean, I don't see any way that he all of a sudden just tomorrow was the full go to play in week five until yeah. he pulled cock to teammate. That's why I was like, oh, he'll be fine. But. Yeah, well, they, I guess he pulled up with a hamstring injury Monday or Tuesday, they said, and then that's what's held him out of practice the past couple of days. So it's been the worst year for first-round picks yep. in the history of time. Yeah. And even if they're healthy, they, they fumble twice for you on Monday Night Football. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> um, I'm going to – I feel like Cook and in, in finishes as a high-end tight end, too. I okay. mean, he has potential maybe to go – into the one tight end one range. I thought he was going to explode a lot more with Thomas being gone, but their passing game in general hasn't been as incredible as it was in years past. And I just don't know if he makes it high enough up. Yeah. Uh, there's actually two more I want to ask you before we get out of here. I didn't, wasn't really looking that much at this tight end list here, but Tyler Higby, he's sitting at tight end eight right now, obviously had the massive game, uh, there in was it week one I think what game did it? Yeah. week two I'm sorry week two yeah. outside of that he's gotten five points three points seven points three points five points so what are you thinking on Higby because he was a guy a lot of people were high on after what he did at the end of last year yeah and I was one of them but I think he ends up in the tight end two range yeah Right there with you. Hey, I just got him in a league though yesterday. Traded uh, Jamison Crowder uh, for Hig- Higby in a first round pick. So I'm 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 happy with it. I'm hoping hoping he does something because my tight ends right now are currently Chris Herndon, Irv Smith, and uh, Harrison Bryant. So I'm, I'm well, I would play Higby over that group. I don't oh yeah, so would I. Why are you rostering Chris Herndon at this point in time? Uh, because there's no other tight ends, and I, I he I was actually having to start him until someone dropped Herb Smith, and I was like, "There we go, got me a tight end." Because it's been bad. It's I just it's one of those things where it was we drafted two years ago, and I just went we we can start we start three wide receivers and three flex spots, so I went heavy wide receiver. Like I've got my wide receiver room is. Oh, who is it again? It's like Odell, Keenan Allen, Kenny Galladay, Terry McLaurin. Um, who else am I missing? I'm missing another like top 12 option. Like I have five this, top 12 wide receivers. This reminds me of, you know, when we did our listener redraft league and, yeah. and Sleeper made the error and allowed Chris Herndon to be drafted, drafted twice. twice. And the guy that ended up not being able to keep him was disappointed at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not happy with the way Chris Herndon's been. The more but, disappointed you know. person should be you who got to keep I am, um, you know, I still have a little bit of faith in him. Uh, the last one, uh, the guy who just came on last week, um, I'm interested to see what you think of him moving forward. Trey Burton. Seen him had some really good seasons. Uh, you know, you mentioned it last week. He was there with Philly when they brought, or Matt Nagy was there in Philly when they brought him on. He brings him over here. Um I'm sorry, Frank Reich, yeah, uh, brings him here to Indy. Obviously was injured the first couple weeks, but has gotten steadily better for fantasy every single week. 
Jack Doyle, Mo Alley Cox haven't, in my opinion, done enough to keep the job. He Burton is currently sitting at if this thing would pull up very low. It's not showing the numbers anymore. I want to say it was tied in. There we go. He is sitting at tight end 27, which is just uh, five points actually hit this point, right? Let me double check this real quick. Yeah, six points. I'm sorry, six points behind Mo Alley-Cox, who's sitting as tight end 18. And he's ahead of Doyle. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think he'll finish in the tight end two range. I think he could be a high-end tight end, too. What keeps me from thinking he could move to tight end one is the passing game is not great. And I feel like they're going to continue to use committees at every position. As long as they don't keep doing it at running back, I'm good. All right, that will will do it for us today. We've got the game starting in about an hour, right? Yeah, about an hour. So hopefully that'll be a good one. Of course, you guys can always watch, I guess, the – debate if you want there's no baseball on tonight so i'll be watching the game no matter how bad it is because i need Star to discover you should have dropped a new episode on uh, ah, yeah my wife is uh, my wife's a big fan of that so knowing how uh, amazon goes the second borat movie will probably drop tonight yeah that is true as well um no dennis tomorrow possibly there's a chance he might be there but more than likely oh, i think you said if it gets rained out he might do it but i don't uh outside of that it'll be me and matt tomorrow uh, usual time. We will recap the Thursday night game and preview the rest of the week seven slate. Sterling Shepard is active and playing tonight. Just dropped as we're at closing out. So let's hope that's good news for Darius Slayton tonight, since apparently Matt's going to have to play him and I have to as well. No, this seals it for me. I'm waiting for Michael Thomas. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we will see you guys tomorrow. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody. Oh, they tackle the ball.